Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. It's time for our week two start sit video. We couldn't be more excited about this. Personally, I think this is our bread and butter. This is where the championships are won. I've seen too many teams like genuinely miss playoffs because they whiff their start sit every single week. So we're going to get into it. There's a few things you need to know. One is our slogan. Um, you know what we do in these videos? We talk about every single player from every single game that has fantasy relevance, and we give you everything you need to know. We started off a couple years ago when we started doing these start sit, and we just talked about key players here or there. But you know what? You know what you guys wanted? Tons of comments came in. In, you wanted us to do every player from every game. So that's what we're doing. If a guy has fantasy relevance, we're going to be talking about them in this game. Um, of course, you have to contextualize it for your scoring, your league, and your roster with the available options that you have. But there's a comment section for a reason, and we'll be doing our best to get down there and help you guys even more by answering every single question that you um, could ask us. But anyways, before we get into it, because Rob, you will have the first game, think of the Thursday game, we're going to break this video into two parts. And that's the important thing to know. This is a long video. And one of the things that we found is, one, it was stressful doing 16 games at once, and two, we felt like, you know, with, say, the Monday night game, we wanted an extra day or so to research that because the game is a little bit further away. Or even the Sunday night games, there seems to be a lot less certainty in those until Sunday rolls around. But the Sunday morning games, the noon games, typically you can kind of tell what's going to happen the night before. So what we'll do is break this into two parts. That's two start sit videos. It'll be the Thursday and the noon games uh, in this video and the next video, we will do the afternoon, evening, and Monday games. So again, just look for that. We'll put a link in the description down below. But uh, Rob, if you're ready, why don't we just get right into it? Let's get started. So this Thursday night, we got the Giants versus Washington. By the way, I always want to say the Redskins. I can't get that out of my head any versus the Washington football team. And I'm going to break it down by quarterback. We'll start with Tyler Heineke. So if you're looking at starting him, he's what I would call a serviceable quarterback. But this team is predicated on defense, running the ball, and doing just enough passing the ball to win games. Now, Teddy Bridgewater last week against the Giants looked pretty good. But I think there are better, safer options out there right now with more upside. I would sit um, Taylor at this point. I don't think Heineke is a guy that you want to go with. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Daniel Jones. Um, now, his fantasy line last week was saving his fantasy total points. It wasn't bad. But he had a late touchdown run as time expired. Um, but if you're being honest... Um, and he looked at that game. Here's what you saw. His struggles from last year looks like he's not quite done with it yet. I still don't see that offense and him connecting there. Um, Barkley is still getting back into playing shape. That offensive line is still working and trying to improve there. And they're playing Washington. That Washington defense is very good. In fact, last year against Washington, here's what he did. His best game was 212 yards and one touchdown. That was his best game. His worst game against um, Washington was 112 yards, one touchdown pass, and one interception. Last year, Washington's defense was fourth in points allowed. They were very good, and they were second in passing yards allowed. They only allowed 191 passing yards per game. That's a young defense with a lot of talent. That's a year later. Um, it's still pretty young, but it's got to get better. So I would sit both quarterbacks in that game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Quarterback is the one position where you only need 12 starters for a week in your league. Like You, you can't just be a little above average. You have to be very good to be a starter. Yeah, there's better options. So let's go to running back. Antonio Gibson, last week, um, maybe disappointed owners. I don't know. I was fine with him. I owned him in the league. Felt pretty good. He had a, over 100 total yards and three catches. That was a decent day. Um, he's locked in the team's number one role. He's versus the Giants, who allowed over 150 rushing yards last week in their, against their opponent there. So to me, he's a strong RB2 start. Um, in fact, if you're in a large league, he could be a strong or low-end running back one. So he's a guy that you're definitely going to play there. Don't have too many worries there. Let's talk about Saquon Barkley. One, he's back. Right? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I like Saquon Barkley. And by the way, I want to say this. 
you should trade target him right now. He's yeah. going to get better. This guy's very talented. His value's low. Maybe a guy will give it up right now. So um, today he was limited in practice on Tuesday. Why is that? Probably a precaution. This guy came off a major ACL surgery there. We fully expected he's going to play in this game. Last game, he looked okay. He didn't look great. Um, and that Giants offense is uh, not impressive at this point. And a lot of sites are suggesting that you sit Saquon Barkley until the old Saquon comes back. And I get that, but here's what I'm going to throw at you there. That sounds like a cheap thing to say. You know, go ahead, sit him right now, wait. Um, do you have a better viable running back three option on your bench? If you do, yeah, sit the guy until he's back to old Saquon shape. But most people don't have a number three guy. So you fall back to, even though he's not where he used to be and the offense is struggling, he's still their go-to guy and he's still Saquon Barkley with a ton of upside. He's still using the passing game. He's going to get more carries than he got last game. Probably, I'm sure, more than the 10. He'll probably end up with the you know, 12 to 15. And he's really talented. Also, Washington defense is better against the pass than they are against the run. So I think that you're probably going to need to start him because you probably don't have a better option. You just need to start him as a very low-end running back to lower your expectations. As far as wide receivers go, uh, Terry McLaurin, oh, man, I love this dude so much. And it, it's killing me because he's got wide receiver one talent with quarterback issues. And, uh, and it's going to happen again now. We know Fitzpatrick went down. Uh, Heineke is decent, not great. Um, and then you look at Washington-style play and game script. He's a wide receiver one talent, but at this point you start him, but really only start him as a wide receiver two uh, until the quarterback play improves. That's where he's at. But you definitely should play the guy because he's very good. As far as the other wide receivers go for Washington, uh, none of them can be trusted just yet. Um, if you're desperate, well, you need to play a Washington number two guy. Like, I'm just sorry for you at this point. So Yeah, exactly. You know, If Curtis Samuel were healthy, that'd be a different question, but he's not. Yeah, so at this point, stay away from other guys. As far as wide receiver for the Giants goes, uh, Stern Shepard last week had a nice game. Um, and Keenan Allen and Mike Williams uh, played really well versus the Redskins, so maybe he's a play there. Um, but first of all, I'd say this. Justin Herbert's a much better quarterback than Jones at this point. So that's a difference you've got to remember there. Um, and then you look at Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen is a phenomenal wide receiver. So you look at uh, Shepard. you got Slayton and Galladay. Um, the problem with the three of them is the one they just devalue one another because their targets are spread out so much. So I would sit Slayton. Galladay and Shepard are low-end wide receiver three in larger leagues. Um, I think a healthy Galladay has huge upside, but right now there's just too many question marks to trust any of them. Tigers are getting spread out, good defense, quarterback plays questionable. So that's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Um, I think if you can sit them, if you can do that, I would prefer that you do that until we see more trends and things become clear. As far as the rookie quarter or wide receiver uh, Tooney there, I think he's a guy that obviously you sit. In fact, he should only be on your bench in Dynasty Leagues at yeah. this point. Kadarius Tony, first-round yeah. pick. Excited about him, but there just wasn't anything there. That was his first game. Maybe it's a Justin Jefferson situation, but we don't know. There's, there's no way that he should be in your lineup at this point. But if you're in a Dynasty League, you also can't drop him. Yeah. So once again, going back to, I'd say, Shepard uh, and Galladay, very low-end wide receiver three, probably closer to wide receiver four. If you're desperate, you could play them, but lower your expectations. It's better to sit at this point. Let's go to the tight end. you got Ingram and Kyle Rudolph. Um, both are in the mix right now. There's talk that Ingram could play on Thursday night game, but one, this guy's been disappointed anyways, um, honestly. Playing for an offense that's questionable. There's so many reasons why, even if he does play, I wouldn't trust either tight end. I would just avoid them in this one. Then you have Logan Thomas. Uh, he only had three targets. Not good, but he had a touchdown that kind of saved his day. Um, but once again, like so many other positions, tight end's not uh, a position with a lot of guys out there. And if you draft a Logan Thomas, you probably don't have a better guy on your bench. And so right now, I think you play him. He's a decent play option. He's probably not a great play option. Don't expect him to put up uh, Kelsey-type numbers, but uh, he's a guy that you can feel 
free that he's a, uh, I would say, low-end tied and one start. As far as kickers go, Hopkins is a fine play. Not great, but solid. I would say Gano Graham, um, just kicking for a blow average Giants offense there. I would start the Washington's defense, and I would sit the Giants defense. So that's what I would say for that game. Yeah, pretty straightforward. All right, guys, so getting into the next game, we got to go with the Bengals and the Bears. I'll start off with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Now, he finished what I think it was 21st or 22nd in fantasy quarterback scoring in week one. That's already not a great situation to be in, and he did it against a bad Vikings defense. Plus, he took five sacks. Now, ultimately, they won that game, but the fantasy production was not there. In a matchup where it probably should have been there a little bit more, I would not be playing Joe Burrow this week. I just wouldn't. Did he look horrible? No, but I think against the Vikings defense, you really should have probably put up like three touchdowns or something or, you know, had a blowout. But anyways, moving on from that, you got to love Joe Mixon. 29 carries for 127 yards, 4.4 yards per carry and a TD. And he also had a nice 23-yard catch. All around, he had a very good game. Furthermore, look at this matchup versus the Bears. They just allowed 160 rushing yards on 4.7 yards per carry and a touchdown versus the Rams last week. So Joe Mixon should be in line for another good week this week, though it is, I would say, a bit of a tougher matchup. So I would lower your expectations a bit and expect that I don't necessarily know if this will be a 100-yard week for him. Moving on to the wide receivers, Jamar Chase emerged as the solid number one wide receiver on that roster, giving him a ton more fantasy value. Again, he had seven targets, five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. And while I certainly don't think you can depend on him to be a 100-yard receiver from week to week, I think you can depend on him to have the number one wide receiver role. So for me, he comes in as a low-end wide receiver two this week. Uh, addressing the other wide receivers, T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, both of them for me, I just I don't think that I will be comfortable playing either of them. One, they're really fighting for the wide receiver two spot, and it doesn't seem clear which one of them will have that role. According to last year, it seemed like maybe it would be Boyd, but this last game it looked like maybe T. Higgins was a little better. Ultimately, there's just not enough fantasy value there for you to be trusting them unless you're in a situation where you're shallow on wide receivers like I am. In fact, I just sent you that. Uh, did you ever take a look at that league that we're in? And I have three wide receivers now that are hurt. So um, for me, maybe I'm looking at playing the T. Higgins, unfortunately, but hopefully you're not in that sort of situation. If you're healthy, I wouldn't be starting them. Moving on, I would sit their tight end, C.J. Uzuma. He had just two catches for 35 yards and didn't seem like they wanted to use him in a very big role. Remember, that was an overtime game. That was the opportunity for him to have more volume. And he didn't just two catches for me. That's not enough. Uh, Evan McPherson, he might be a guy to consider. Now, he went three for three on his extra points and two for two on his field goals with a 50 plus yard field goal. I don't trust this offense, but... He's a good kicker. So if you're looking for a guy who can maybe finish in that 8 to 12 range among starters this week, Evan McPherson is a guy you can plug and play there. As far as their defense goes, for me, that is a definite sit. Scored just five fantasy points last week. And, and again, the Bears offense, there's some struggles there. There's some issues. We'll address that in a second. But they weren't particularly horrible when you consider they went against the best defense in the league. And, you know, they weren't throwing five interceptions, which, you know, we're going to see some of those games this year. But Moving on to the other side, um, felt like maybe the week one Andy Dalton experiment didn't go so well. He is a definite start. And when we look at the quarterback situation, we're still a few days out from the game. I'll say this. I assume they're going to give the start to Justin Fields. Honestly, I do. However, they really didn't use him much in that game, suggesting that maybe they will go back to Andy Dalton. 
But what am I about to say? Sit him. Sit him. It doesn't really matter which one of those quarterbacks go in there. You have an inexperienced rookie who attempted just two passes. No, you're not going to play him in his first start. And after what Andy Dalton did, you're certainly not going to play him. So those quarterbacks are out of the question. One of the guys who is out of the question the other way, why would you question sitting him? And that's David Montgomery. He was phenomenal last week despite offensive struggles. 17 carries, 118 yards. That's seven yards per touch in total. And uh, ultimately finished eighth amongst running backs in fantasy scoring against a great defense. He is a must start in this matchup. Moving on to the wide receivers, the definite guy you got to put in there is Allen Robinson. Now, he caught a pretty low percentage. He had 11 targets for six catches, 35 yards. It was a bad day, but remember, he had to go against Jalen Ramsey. That is an extremely tough matchup. And so what I did look at that was, hey, he saw 11 targets. Just like last year, the Bears are going to do the same thing this year and use him as the primary motivator for that offense when they need to move the chains. That's where they're going to go in the air. He is a definite start, but I would consider him to be more the wide receiver two range to high-end wide receiver three until that quarterback situation figures itself out. As far as their other wide receivers go, Darnell Mooney, he saw some volume there. Seven targets, five catches, but he saw just 25 yards. I don't know if that was game script and how good the Rams defense is or the fact that they do love to use him in the slot, but for me, I would consider him a wide receiver four range. I wouldn't quite start him, but there's some signs there that maybe, if again, if they get that quarterback situation figured out, he could be used. Marquez Goodwin also had a fairly good day. I don't trust him. I would not be playing him, but he did catch all four of his passes for 45 yards. Moving on to the tight ends, tight end position is very thin. So if you're looking for a low end play, Cole Met might be an option. Five catches for 42 yards, not phenomenal, but I mean, unfortunately for tight ends, five catches is pretty good. So, you know, maybe that's a guy to consider right there if you feel like this is going to be a good matchup for him. He was a rookie last year and he's developed nicely. I think in a couple of, you know, a year or so, he will be one of the better tight ends in the league. It's just a matter of time. And again, you know, kind of beating a dead horse here. I'll go back to it one more time. Remember that they need to figure out that quarterback situation. I would sit their kicker and the Bears defense. Um, and that's a breakdown for the game, I guess. Nothing else to add there. Pretty straightforward at the end. But let's move on to our next matchup. So now I've got the Texans versus the Browns. So let's start with the Texans here. This is when the Texans and Tyrod Taylor get a wake-up call and they come crashing back down to earth after crushing the Jaguars, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sit Tyrod Taylor. One, that's a team that's going to want to run the ball and not take a lot of chances downfield. Uh, two, it's Tyrod Taylor. Now, some would say, well, the Browns gave a lot of points last week. Yeah, to Pat Mahomes. So let's just remember who that was. Mm-hmm. Sit Tyrod Taylor. Now look at Baker Mayfield. That's another situation where if you look at that team, the Browns, they want to play defense and run the ball with Chubb and Hunt. Um, now, Beckham might be back, but even if he does come back in that game, I think they'll work him back slowly. In fact, that's a game that's a very winnable game for the Browns there. And I'm not sure if I'd want to risk bringing Odell Beckham back when you could probably give him one more week. Mm-hmm. So um, I would just say, right, you look at Baker Mayfield. He's a guy that what he produced last week, 321 yards passing with zero touchdown passes, that could be a sort of line you see typically from him. Get down to the red zone there, and I'm going to give it to their, their running backs, who are great, by the way. Well, and unfortunately, that might even be a high yardage marker because that was against the Chiefs in a game where they were trying to score late. Yes. So he could be a guy who's finishing with 200 yards and no touchdowns. Not necessarily a bad quarterback, but 
bad fantasy quarterback. Exactly. So you got to sit uh, Baker Mayfield. Let's go to Nick Chubb. We say it all the time. The best pure running back in football. His metrics are off the charts. Yards after carry, elusive rating, etc. We said he's a better pure running back than Derrick Henry. I'm sorry you disagree with it. And by the way, you did a video about Derrick Henry where you just said, hey, uh, you might want to caution a little bit about his numbers there. I did. Everyone said I was crazy. They hated you. They hated me. But week one was pretty rough for him. Certainly he'll bounce back. But this idea that Derrick Henry is immortal is probably wrong. Yes. So going back to the guy that I think is the best pure running back, and that's Nick Chubb. This dude had two touchdowns. Uh, you just got to start the stud. Don't even think about it. Now let's go to Kareem Hunt. He only had nine touches. That's not a lot, but he had a touchdown, so it made it worth starting him. Now the Browns are going to make sure that he gets touches, um, but his touches will be lower barring a Chubb injury. Mm-hmm. So that's going to bring some risk. Uh, but for him, you could start as a running back, too, in leagues that are over 14 teams in size, mm-hmm. or you could start as a flex PPR. So that's kind of where I would ride him. This matchup helps, too, against the Texans. He could get some late-time stats if they rest Chubb. Yep. Uh, let's look at the running backs for the Texans. you got David Johnson, Philip Lindsay, or Mark Ingram. So they destroyed the Jags last week, and because they did, that allowed the running backs to get a lot of touches. That's not going to happen again. So right now they're playing the Browns that were really solid against the run last week. They shut down or really held in check um, Edwards Hilaire. And so now you're going to go and look at that. I would sit Lindsay and Johnson, um, and it's probably best to sit Mark Ingram now, if you need to start him, you can start him. I would start him in standard leagues that are 12 teams or larger. That's kind of where I'd let him play. As far as wide, or wide receivers go, let's look at Landry and Odell Beckham. So if Odell Beckham plays, I would move Landry to wide receiver four or flex consideration. He could be a wide receiver three in larger leagues. Now, if Beckham sits, then immediately play Landry as a solid wide receiver three. As far as Beckham goes, sit even if he plays. He needs a prove-it game. So that's where it's at. As far as tight ends go, um, well, that's our, let's stay in the wide receivers. I almost jumped ahead. Um, let's talk about Brandon Cooks. He's really the only wide receiver right now for the Texans that I would play. Um, he's a volume play. Like we keep saying, he was so underrated. He was going like number 40 in uh, mock drafts. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and he has a huge week one. That's probably going to happen all year long as they're playing from behind. Now, that didn't happen last week, but that was the Jaguars. Yeah. They will be playing from behind in this game. I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. He's a volume play. He's a low-end wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three start Brandon Cooks. As far as tight ends go, you got to... David Njoku and Hopper, 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 Austin Hooper, sorry. Just been one of those days, so um, Austin Hooper there. Anyways, you got David Njoku that's back right now, and that makes it a risky start for either tight end. In fact, David actually out-targeted him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and actually, David is, is, is a kind of talent. He's got some talent there. And so I think right now I think it's better to look elsewhere until there's an injury or, or we see a trend that kind of clears up who's going to get more targets than that when I would sit both tight ends. Sit the Texan tight ends. Uh, sit the Texans defense, start the Browns defense. As far as the two kickers go, I would sit both kickers in this game. All right, well, that's pretty straightforward. Going to be a fun matchup if you're a Browns fan. All right, next up, we got to talk about the Rams versus the Colts. This is an exciting matchup, but I, I was kind of excited to root for the Rams and the Colts this year. I don't really know who to root for in this game. One thing's for sure, it's going to be fun to watch. That Rams offense. Let's talk about it. Matthew Stafford, 321 yards, three TDs, no picks in his first game with the Rams. He looked on fire. This looked like mid-season form. It didn't look like week one. It was so much fun to watch. And honestly, I think he'll I think he'll beat this good year all along. I don't think that was a fluke. I think it's something that they can continue to do. So for me, he's a definite start, even though the Colts do have a fairly good defense. 
Go to look at Daryl Henderson, his 16 carries for 70 yards and a touchdown. That's 4.4 yards per carry last week. That was a good week. But for me, the biggest reason you should have confidence and should be considering starting him in either your flex spot or your RB2 spot comes down to the fact that only one other running back for the Rams got a carry, and that was Sony Michelle, who had one carry for two yards. He is the clear RB1, hands down. Definitely understand that. Put him in your lineup this week. Now, as far as the wide receivers go, Cooper Cup's a must-start. Last year, there were some questions, and maybe that came down to the ineptitude of Jared Goff, but it was really hard to tell who the wide receiver one there was, and we really felt like it was Cooper Cup. And if week one had anything to say about it, it was Cooper Cup. Ten targets, seven catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. Must-start this week. Go over to Robert Woods. He wasn't bad either. He caught three of his four targets for 27 yards, and he found the end zone. He's another guy you definitely need to start. I think you'll see a few more targets this week. They also had a guy by the name of Van Jefferson who will be tempting to play because he caught two passes for 80 yards and a touchdown, but I would not play him. He did not see high volume. That deep pass was simply a major breakdown on the defense, and that was his other catch as well where it was a fourth down and short. And you could tell the Bears played run defense, and they ran that play action. They threw it, and Van Jefferson was wide open. It was breakdowns by the defense. I don't think he's a dependable wideout. Moving on to the tight end, Higby, five catches, 68 yards. Let's be honest, what more can you ask of a wide receiver when all three of their wide receivers— Or a tight end, excuse yeah. me. When all three of their wide receivers caught a touchdown and their running back ran in a touchdown— that's four touchdowns. None of them went to Higby, but you know that can change from week to week. I wouldn't be surprised if he had a super good week this week. If he found the end zone, I think he's a definite start. Plus, you got to start Matt Gay. Again, this offense all around was firing on all cylinders. So for me, it's like start, start, start across the board. Matt Gay scored 12 fantasy points last week. He had a 50-plus yarder. He's a great kicker and a good offense. And you know what? I'd even consider starting the Rams' defense as well. The Colts are lacking some weapons, and they proved their ability last week. Three sacks, two turnovers, held the opposing team to 14 points. Yeah, I'd put them in your lineup this week for sure. So maybe I'm just a Rams fan, but they look like they're in midseason shape right now. Going over to the other side of the ball, Carson Wentz. He finished 17th, or excuse me, I believe he finished 17th before the Monday night games, ultimately finished, I think, 19th in quarterback scoring. It's a tougher matchup for him this week for sure, and he doesn't have a lot of weapons. I am not starting him, not putting him in my lineup, unless you're in a two-quarterback league, but that is a whole different monster. And if you are, leave a comment down below. I'm curious to see what kind of options you have. As far as running backs go, Jonathan Taylor, he's a must-start. He did have just 3.3 yards per carry last year, but he saw 24 touches for over 100 total yards, and he's a dual threat who keeps himself out there in that offense. He is a volume play and a solid RB2. Uh, Nahim Hines is a most likely guy that you need to sit. Um, he's tempting because he's so effective in the passing game, but ultimately he has no usage or effectiveness in the running game, and he is so dependent on on that and you just really can't depend on him to be getting 100 receiving yards in a game so uh, you know as tempting as that is because he did look good last week for me he's a sit as far as the wide receivers go it's tough you, you hate to look at an offense and go i don't want any of those wideouts but do you trust michael pittman who had three catches for 29 yards or paris campbell who had one for 24 uh, maybe the one guy you might trust is zach pascal who had four catches for 43 yards and two tds but he was also on the depth chart as the wide receiver three before the game started. So you have to wonder if that was planned usage or simply game script or chance or whatever it may be. 
I don't know if I can trust any of those guys to put in my lineup. Or well, maybe that's just me, Rob. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Moving on, uh, they've been having their tight ends, Jack Doyle and Moali Cox, split time and split touches and whatever it may be. I wouldn't start either. I think you got to sit Rodrigo Blankenship. He's a good kicker, but again, concerns in this matchup about that offense being able to move the ball. So for me, I probably wouldn't be playing him unless you don't have any good options. And I'm going to sit the Colts defense against the Rams this week. But uh, that's my final breakdown for that game. So now I got the Bills versus the Dolphins there. Josh Allen, uh, start the guy. Played the Steelers. Steelers are very good defense. He will rebound this week. Don't overthink this. Start the guy. Let's talk about Tua. Um, I would sit Tua. One, I want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger. I know he didn't look great against the Bills, but I'm telling you right now, Ben Roethlisberger is going to have a good year. Those, that, Bills defense, that Bills defense is very, very good, and Tua is not. He's still grown as a young quarterback. Sit him. As far as running backs go, Devin Singletary. I talk about him right now. He's the lead back currently for the Bills, and uh, he's going to continue to be in the lead back in the near future there. But he's never going to become a bell call. He's not that type of running back that's going to get you 25 to 30 carries a game. Um, so that will lower his ceiling. But he's a very good flex or RB2 option. So he's a guy that you could start there. And I feel more comfortable starting him in PPR leagues. As far as the other running backs for the Bills go, sit them all unless there's like some major injury or something changes there. Now, as far as running backs for Miami, the only one I'm really talking about right now is Miles Gaskin. Um, this is a very tough matchup for him. And last year, in two games versus the Bills, he topped out on total yards of about 80 each game. So he was okay. He didn't have any touchdowns. But here's why you need to consider him. His hands, as Billy catches the ball in the back, but always keep him on the radar, especially in PPR leagues, even in bad matchups. Now, if you have a really good number three running back bench op, you know, option out there, you may want to consider sitting him. But once again, you better be sure of who you're going to put into that position. And if you are in PPR leagues, start Gaskins as a mid to low range running back too. Now, as far as wide receivers go, uh, you get Jalen Waddle. I've drafted him. I like this guy. He's got talent. Parker looked good. Um, but you know what? They're going to get a guy back this week. They're going to get Will Ford back there. So that just complicates things all the more. And then you wonder if those three, who's going to get Trevadius White? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's, I mean yeah. so here, here's what I would say with those uh, wide receivers. Um, Waddle's the real deal, but he's still a rookie. Now Will Ford's coming back. We don't know how the target distribution is going to be. They're playing against a very good defense. So for me, um, all of those would fall into kind of that wide receiver four category that would be better for you to find more secure options there. If there was a guy that I would win a roll with, it would probably be the rookie. Um, but he would have to be as a wide receiver three in a very large league. Otherwise, I'd rather sit for one more, see what Wilford does when he comes back, and just kind of check some of these things out there. Any, any thoughts on that? Before no, I totally agree. No, nothing to add there, to be honest with you. Okay. Talk about Stefan Diggs. So I suspect that he's not going to have the same numbers he had last year. This guy was phenomenal last year, but he's still far too good to sit. He's a low-end wide receiver one start. Then you got Cole Beasley. This guy is a target hog. Um, he carries wide receiver three value in PPR leagues at over 12 teams. Otherwise, I would sit him. His yard totals are never going to be really high. He's not going to find the end zone a lot. But in PPR leagues, he can carry value in large leagues there. Uh, Davis, um, young and up and coming to wide receiver there, but he's not there yet. He still doesn't have enough of a role there to trust him. Now let's talk about tight ends. Uh, sit the Bills tight ends. And let's talk about Mike Gusecki. I got him in a league, and uh, I almost got him another. I'm glad I didn't. Um, God, this guy runs hot and cold. Yeah. He's got a lot of talented. Last season against the Bills, he exploded. He had one game. He had eight catches, 130 yards, and a touchdown. But he'll just disappear like he did last week. He got zero catches. So um, he's a guy that... I would say that he's, he's not currently in that secure tight end one conversation unless you're, let's say, in a league size that's 14 teams or larger, then yes, then he's a the guy you're going to start. Um, I would say this. 
I still wouldn't give up on Mike Gusecki, but I would say that you should find a solid compliment out there for him on your bench just in case because you're going to see games like this, and it's hard to trust a guy. I hate that. You bench the dude, he goes off. You start him, he gets you a zero. Um, so he carries risk. As far as kickers go, um, I would start Bass. I would sit Sanders. I would sit the Miami's defense, but you need to start the Bills' defense in this game. All right, great breakdown. Let's get to our next game. All right, let's break down the Patriots versus the Jets. First off, let's go Patriots. Mac Jones, you know what? Let's be honest. Didn't look horrible last week. He really didn't. Uh, It was a tough matchup against the Dolphins, and he didn't screw it up, which, you know what? Let's be honest. In your first game, it's NFL debut in a tough game, divisional. Like, just to not screw up is good. But did we really see anything that, that screams fantasy value? No. This is something we typically don't see from the Patriots. They're very conservative, and he lacks some weapons. For me, he is a guy that you should not play. I would definitely sit him. Uh, Going to the running backs, Damian Harris is a must start. Right? What did he have? 26 touches for 117 total yards last week. That's a pretty good week. He's not the most exciting pick. He's not the guy who's going to possibly go out for 200 yards and four TDs, but he is the number one guy. I mean, who's the backup running back there? Ramondre Stevenson, who saw just one carry. Now, might have that, part of that might have been the dislocated thumb he had a few days before the game, but he was healthy and fine, and they just they didn't really seem to use him. One thing I would say is that uh, if you know Belichick, if you fumble, you get in his doghouse, and Harris had a major fumble at a, a key time. But the other guy, the backup, he fumbled as well. He fumbled as well. So I think right now you can trust him for one more week. Yeah, do you think he's looking for, like, I don't know, some, like, grocery beggar to Sticky run the ball and, for him? Yeah, he probably is. <laughs> um, Belichick will find that guy. The other running back there to look at is James White. This is just like I talked about another guy earlier. He's tempting to start as he had six catches for 49 yards, but that was in a game where they were kind of trying to move the ball late. They were trying to work some things out. They were struggling, and, you know, it was, they were against a good defense. This week they play the Jets. Like They're going to be winning against the Jets. There's no fourth quarter necessary touchdowns or late-minute drives that they're going to be depending on to win. So like James White, I don't think he offers any value personally. I would sit him. As far as the wide receivers go, I think both of these guys come in in this tough low-end wide receiver three range because they just don't currently have a whole lot of trust for them. But over the next couple of weeks, it could build. One is a young Jacoby Myers, nine targets, six catches, 44 yards. Didn't find the end zone, didn't have huge yardage markers, but nine targets is pretty good. And if he can continue to build some rapport in a few weeks, he may be a guy that we think is a fairly solid starter. But for right now, uh, I'm going to hold off on him and call him, again, probably a high-end wide receiver four, low-end wide receiver three play. Nelson Aguilar, I like him a little bit more. Seven targets, five catches, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Again, the yards for me is a big thing. I'm not trying to predict touchdowns from week to week, but had a few more yards there, and that maybe feels like he might be a little bit more explosive, um, might be able to make some of those more plays. I would expect him to maybe move into that wide receiver one role, and um, I would consider him as a low to mid wide receiver three. As far as the tight ends go, John Smith and Hunter Henry, um, they, they kind of split that role. John Smith maybe looked a little bit better, at least statistically, but honestly, I probably wouldn't be playing either of those guys unless you're desperate. Um, their kicker, Nick Folk, I think you got to start him three for three and one for one last week on field goals and extra points. And again, good matchup here. This should be a good time for them to test his ability, hopefully find the end zone a few times. And I think the Patriots are a fair start against a young and inexperienced Jets offense, which we should talk about now. You can't play Zach Wilson. This is a tough matchup this week. And 
honestly, that they really lacked some weapons for him. He didn't look horrible. He really didn't. But who do you rely on there? Taking a look at the wide receivers, Corey Davis is his only option. Now, Corey Davis, for me, is a mid to high-end wide receiver three. He had five catches for 92 yards and two TDs. Because of that volume, because he's the only dependable guy, he is going to get some stats, I feel like, every week, even if it's garbage time. But he doesn't have quite the ceiling to move up into that wide receiver one or wide receiver two sort of weeks. I would avoid all of their running backs. It's a horrible mess of a... um, just committee of a running back by committee system there. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, all those guys split touches. Tevin Coleman got some more touches, but none of them looked good at all. So just steer clear of that for sure. I'd bench their tight end, Tyler Croft. If you have him, I wouldn't play him. And I wouldn't play their kicker, Matt Amendola, who didn't attempt an extra point or a field goal at all last week. That's how bad they were. They finally found the end zone and they went for two point conversions both times. Um, And I would uh, sit the Jets defense this week as well. Pretty straightforward there matchup. Do you have anything to add? No, I think you pretty much got it. All right, next game. All right, next up, we got to talk about the Raiders versus the Steelers. Let's address it. Let's start off with the Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger. He had a brutal week one statistically, but remember... They won 23-16 over a Bills team that everyone was super hyped about. They're a very good team with a great defense. When you look at the things like they made all their field goals and extra points, and they, they had a defensive touchdown, and they were playing it close to the vest against a very, very good pass defense, this was probably the toughest fantasy matchup Roethlisberger will have all season long. I think he's going to bounce back this week against a bad Raiders defense. They just gave up 27 points to the Ravens, and 27 doesn't sound like a lot, but they were literally, they signed Latavius Murray three days before the game. Latavius Murray wasn't even on a roster for a while there. Like, that should have been a disaster. They should have been able to completely shut down that Ravens offense that looked to have, you know, kind of a lot of chaos going on due to injury, and you know what? Ravens were fine against the Raiders, so maybe this is the week. I would definitely consider playing Ben Roethlisberger, though there's some risk there. Uh, you got to play Najee Harris. Didn't have the most exciting week one, but this is not a bad matchup at all. Again, take a look at what the Ravens were able to do against the Raiders. They had a guy they had signed three days before who wasn't on a roster, and Tyson Williams, who was supposed to be like the fourth string running back starting, and they lit it up on the ground, both scored touchdowns. That is clearly a bad run defense. Najee Harris should have a much better week this week. As far as the wide receivers go, this is really tough. It is a great matchup for them. It really is. But who do you start? Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, and Chase Claypool, all of them have a very similar role, and none of their roles are big enough to feel safe and consistent. And everyone seems to have a different opinion. I might say that Juju's going to be the wideout one, but you think it's Deontay and another guy thinks it's Claypool. Like, everyone's got different opinions. And at this point, we're not far enough into the season to be really confident what those roles are going to look like. Um, so I would consider those guys if you need it, but none of them are any higher than a wide receiver three play or a flex play for me. Do not get your expectations too high. We just don't know what this team's going to look like this year because it is a new season. We do, yeah. Yeah, I hate to say this, but honestly, what you need there is an injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Chase Claypool in a dynasty league. I got to like the guy. By the way, he made an amazing catch yeah. uh, in that game. But uh, they're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster was going to leave to go to another team, and that would have cleared a lot of things up. Or last game, Deontay Johnson was down injured for a little while. Not that I ever want a guy to get hurt, but in the back yeah. of my mind, I thought, this will make it good for Juju and, and Claypool, but obviously that's not the case. Like, I hope he's all right, but maybe they should test him just to keep him off the just, field a little maybe longer. Maybe just put him on the IR just in case just, for a year. Uh, as far as the tight ends go, 
I'd sit both Pat Frymouth and Eric Ebron. They both had one catch. They had good catches, but only one catch. You can't depend on that. I would start Chris Boswell. And you know what? I'm going to start the Steelers' defense. They put up 14 fantasy points versus a Bills offense. Yeah, I imagine what they can do against a much worse Raiders offense. Though, I will say, I was a little bit impressed with them last game. I think they were all right against a good Ravens team. I was, you know, I was actually rooting for them to win because it was, they are opening the new stadium there. Yeah. Uh, in, or not Oakland, but in Vegas. It, you know, it was kind of fun to watch that. It was. It was. Um, so let's get on the other side. Derek Carr, do you consider starting him this week? He was a huge surprise. 35 fantasy points off 435 yards against a good Ravens defense. Um, they're certainly not the best offense in the league. But remember even last year, they went toe-to-toe against the Chiefs and won in a shootout matchup. Like, their offense is legit. For them, it really seems to be a defensive problem as to why they can't win games. Uh, So I'd consider Derek Carr, but there's risk involved there. The Steelers have a good defense. Josh Jacobs is a must-start in standard leagues. He did score two touchdowns. Um, most of you guys are not going to have better options. If you do, you put together a great draft, right? Because where you had to take Josh Jacobs in your in your draft, there wasn't a whole lot of other options there. But uh, must start standard PPR, you may have a different option. Kenyon Drake, six carries for 11 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. That's all you need to know. Yes, he caught all five of his targets for 59 yards, but you cannot depend on you know those sort of games versus the Ravens where he's going to get that sort of volume. I don't trust it. I don't think you should either. <clears throat> Move on to the wide receivers. Just like the Steelers, we get the same situation. Who do you play there? Last week, Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, and Zay Jones all had some big key plays. They had some good catches. Let's break it down for you. Uh, they spread the ball out. That devalues everyone, so none of these guys have huge volume. But you can cut Zay Jones out. I don't think what he did last week was repeatable. Hunter Renvo was the volume wide receiver there, but he was a slot guy, and I don't think he has huge upside compared to these other wide receivers. Uh, Brian Edwards, um, going into the season, Coach Gruden said that he thinks Brian Edwards looks like a wide receiver one. If there's a guy that has the most potential there, it's Edwards. But I don't trust him yet either. Um, So I would maybe consider him as a high-end wide receiver four who could, at the end of the season, prove himself to be a wide receiver two. But he could also prove himself to be a wide receiver five. So who knows what we're going to get. And then finally, of the last guys, Henry, Henry Ruggs there, he has continued to struggle. He caught just two of his five targets, and he just didn't look all that great. So if you're going to play anyone there, for me, it's Edwards. I'd probably sit the rest of them. And even Edwards is a borderline start at best. You got to start Darren Waller, man. 19 targets, 10 catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, for those of you who are worried that he almost, he barely caught more than 50% of his passes, he saw so much coverage from that defense. It was a really tough game for him, and he played really well. Start him. Daniel Carlson's a must start. He made both of his field goals, all three, or excuse me, both of his extra points, all three. I got it backwards again. Oh my goodness. He made all three of his extra points. He made both of his field goals. One of them was a 50-plus yarder. Definitely start him, and I would sit the Raiders' defense this week. So I got the 49ers versus the Eagles. Start with Jimmy Garoppolo. I would sit him. He played decent against the Lions, but one, it's, it's the Lions, and uh, their defense isn't very good. He's got Trey Lance lurking in the bushes there right behind him. You know, And then you look at the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles' defense is better against the uh, pass than the run, and they made Matt Ryan look silly last week, and so I would sit Jimmy Garoppolo. I've never been a big Jimmy fan. In fact, I think we've been one of the few people going back years ago that we kind of had caution and people loved him so much. But uh, let's look at Jalen Hurts. Man, he looked nice last week. He came out, played really well. But I caution you, that was against a bad Falcons team. 
Now, he is athletic. He is talented. He's got some very young wide receivers that are very talented. Um, but since he's still young, he's going to have some growing pains. So he's a guy that I would start. In fact, I picked him up in a league there. I'm going to play him. I had Ryan Tannehill, and I'm still going to lean on Tannehill, but I want to have some, somebody else there. Um, but he's a guy that will have some growing pains, but I like the guy. Let's go running backs. Miles Sanders. Um, so last week, okay, um, there were 16 catches for lines backs against them. And that really bodes well for Miles Sanders. His type of play, his style of play, makes him a very strong running back to start. I like Miles Sanders in this matchup. Then you Eli Mitchell. So we weren't sure what to think, but now we found out that Raheem Mostart uh, out for eight weeks. That solidifies Eli's worth. But I do want to say this. If you know Shanahan, if you watch him as running back usage over the years, he's the guy that will surprise you. Mm-hmm. Just out of the blue, seeing a guy or also switching and getting one guy a bunch of carries over somebody else. Um, and he's not going to risk giving all these carries to Eli because, one, they're thin at that position already. I wouldn't be that surprised. You'll see Hayes to get more looks. And they'll probably sign a veteran running back at some point or activate Sermon. Mm-hmm. I like Eli Mitchell. I think you can start him as a running back, too, but I would say as a mid to low range running back, too. That's where he's at. Let's take a look at. Uh, uh, a few things. Let's look at the tight ends, and then I'm going to come back to the wide receivers. Uh, a little bit backwards, but I'm going to do that. I want to talk about Dallas Godard. Uh, he had a nice game. Five targets isn't great, though. He had uh, four catches, a touchdown, and you still have Ertz there. So he's going to be a low tight end one start in small leagues. Uh, uh, I would say he's a tight end two if your league is 10 teams or smaller. Uh, George Kittle. Do I need to tell you to start him? Like, start the guy. So uh, let's go to the wide receivers and talk about them a little bit here. Um, this one is, is difficult for me. You look at a couple things there. Talk about the Eagles wide receivers there. Um, there's a few guys that you like. You got the rookie, Smith. Okay. Uh, of course, you got last year's um, first-round pick, Jalen Rager. Uh, they both had good games, but it was against the Falcons. Mm-hmm. And, and I tell you what, going into this game, I'm a little bit nervous in that 49ers defense. You know, at times, could be tough. They put pressure on the quarterback. Um, I know that some people are going to probably crucify me for saying this, but um, mm-hmm. I like the wide receiver core there. I think they're young and talented. But I feel like I need another week before I trust those wide receivers. I, I just mm-hmm. want you to speak to that narrative real quickly there. Yeah, absolutely. I know the comment that is going to happen. You know what people are going to say? They're going to say, look at what the Lions did. They had garbage time stats versus the 49ers. But you know what they also had? A dominant tight end. TJ Hawkinson's better than Dallas Godert and Ertz, and he helped them move the chains. And they had two running backs, not one, but two running backs who were pretty darn effective. Swift helped move the ball. Jamal Williams was fairly effective. He surprised some people. Jared Goff is certainly not a Super Bowl-winning franchise quarterback, but he is a mature veteran quarterback. He's been around the league long enough to know how things work. I think the 49ers are going to fix some things up, those late-minute garbage time stats. I don't think the Eagles are going to get them this week. Yeah, and you look at the wide receivers for the Lions now. Granted, the, the Lions wide receivers are not very good, mm-hmm. but they didn't do much at all in that game. And so for me, um, I'm going to say this right now, and uh, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I would take those wide receivers and I would move them to a wide receiver four for one more week. Mm-hmm. I just want to see where they are, where they land, what they do. I do think that they're going to play more conservative in this game as far as you know, shorter throws, maybe throwing to the tight ends. You know, they got Ertz there. They got Dallas Godard using the running backs. Um, don't trust those wide receivers. We need another game. So they're wide receiver fours for me. Um, I'm, I can't wait to hear the comments, all the hatred coming at me, but uh, there you are. As far as uh, kickers go, I would start Gould, and I would start Elliott in this one, and I would sit Philadelphia's defense, but I would start San Francisco as a low-end play. All right, let's move on to our next game. 
All right, guys, now we got to get into the Saints versus the Panthers. This will be a good matchup. Again, let's start with the Saints. Jameis Winston, five TDs last game against the Packers. Absolutely embarrassed them. Um, And this could be another good matchup for him. I would not be at all surprised to see Jameis Winston go out and throw for another three or four touchdowns. Now, you can't rely on that every week, and I don't think he is going to be the NFL MVP this year, anything like that. But the Panthers just gave up two touchdowns to Zach Wilson a rookie quarterback in his NFL debut that had one one wide receiver weapon in the passing game, and that was Corey Davis. So, yeah, I think their pass defense isn't very good, and Jameis Winston could capitalize. Of course, Alvin Kamara is a must-start. I don't need to tell you that. He's a guy who's going to get you 25 touches every game. Um, as far as the Saints wide receivers go, nobody there separates themselves. Nobody there, do I feel like, can get more than two or three catches. You know what? For me, it's sit all those guys until Michael Thomas comes back and gets healthy. And then, of course, once he's back and healthy, he will be a must start. The guy to consider there is their half tight end, half wide receiver. Luckily, he qualifies as a tight end, Juwan Johnson. Now, he only had three or three, I believe it was three or four targets last week, but he saw three catches for 21 yards and two TDs. And, And that's exactly it. They were so efficient that they didn't really give him a lot of yards or a lot of volume. But when it mattered in the end zone, they threw the ball his way. He is a risky start, but at the thin tight end position, if you need an upside play at tight end and he's at your roster, I think you got to put him in your lineup. Um, That's just me, though. I would sit their kicker and I would start their defense versus the Panthers because, well, let's take a look at the other side of the football. The Panthers, you know, they were a little underwhelming last week. I don't think it was the worst matchup. They scored just 19 points versus the Jets. I really honestly thought that they ought to do more than that. So for me, I'm going to sit Sam Darnold. Kershaw McCaffrey, though, he's a must-start. He scored 27 PPR fantasy points last week, continued to do what he always does, and that is dominate McCaffrey must-start. As far as the wide receivers go, DJ Moore, you got to start DJ Moore. Now, this was just one game, but he was the wide receiver one there. He outplayed Robbie Anderson, caught six of eight of his eight targets for 80 yards. He looked dependable. He made good catches. Uh, nothing more to add there. He is a start for sure at wide receiver two. Robbie Anderson saw just three targets. He did catch it for a 57-yard TD. That makes me nervous. You you don't exactly know what you're going to get with him. But in this matchup, they're going to need to throw the ball more. This isn't the Jets. This is the Saints. I imagine that volume is going to go up. He should see six to eight targets this week. I would start Robbie Anderson. They also had Terrace Marshall, who saw six targets and caught three of them. I wouldn't start him, but he's a rookie to keep your eye on, so pay attention to that. I'll sit both of their tight ends, Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas. And I'm going to sit their kicker and their defense this week. But that's my breakdown for the matchup. Nice, quick, and easy. I think it's a pretty straightforward game. All right, let's get into the final game for this video. And again, we'll remind you, we will be doing a part two video to finish off the final games and the later games of week two. But this is Broncos versus Jaguars. And let's get into it. Broncos first off, Teddy Bridgewater. I'm going to sit him this week. Didn't look particularly impressive, as well as the fact that Jerry Judy is now out on the IR for at least three weeks. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to steer clear of Teddy Bridgewater. We'll see what this week holds for him. The guy you should probably play is Melvin Gordon as a fair, solid RB2. He scored 20 fantasy points, over 100 yards in just 11 carries. He didn't get a lot of volume, but I think that volume is going to bump up this week as they continue to, you know, with Jerry Judy out, try to lean on the running game. Devonta Williams, I would bench him. He did not have a very big role at all. And as I've already mentioned twice, Jerry Judy is out. So when we look at the wide receivers, they've got Cortland Sutton, KJ Hamler, and Tim Patrick. 
Sutton was a disappointment last week, but he's coming back from that ACL injury. I think he's going to continue to get better every week. I don't know if this is the week to start him, though. Leaving us with the question, do you trust Tim Patrick or KJ Hamler? I don't. Again, you hate to like start looking at a team and just go sit, sit, sit. You, you know, I want to find value and fantasy value in this offense, but I just don't know where it's going to land. If there's a guy there that probably has the biggest potential, my money, my money would be on Tim Patrick, but that's a very risky start. Moving on to the tight end, Noah Fanson must start. He's going to see volume this week. He already saw eight targets for six catches, 62 yards last week. That could very well go up in this matchup. Definitely start him. Um, I would start Brandon McManus. He has been a very effective kicker, despite every concern that I've had with this offense. He was good last week, and I think it could be another good week for him. This might be one of the rare exceptions where he's on a bad offensive team, but he could still be a good kicker. That's just me, though. He does come in as a low-end kicker start. I don't have huge expectations for him. And finally, I would start the Broncos' defense in this matchup. I think they could have a good week. As we... uh, All right, flipping sides there, guys, and we'll get into it. Final team here. We got to talk about the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, guys, some of you guys, you may be new to fantasy. You get hyped about those numbers, three touchdowns. Those were garbage time stats. They looked horrible in the first half, and it was against a horrendous Texans defense. Do not start Trevor Lawrence. Trust me, this is going to be a bad week for him, and you are going to see it. The statistics are going to show not just in-game, but really when you come out, I don't even know if they'll be effective in garbage time, honestly, because this is a tougher matchup. As far as the running backs go, James Robinson, man, what a disappointment. What do you even say about that? And and you kind of already said it. We talked about it briefly, but like we still feel like James Robinson is probably going to be a pretty good running back this year, but we need a week now. Like You, gotta, you need to be a little sheepish about him after how they used him because they sort of just didn't. He wasn't ineffective either. He had three catches for I think 27 yards. He had a, he was when he was being used, he was good. I just question why they didn't put him out there. Uh, as far as Carlos Hyde goes, 4.9 yards per carry, 44 yards and on nine carries. Plus he caught two targets for 14 yards. Again, I'm going to sit him as well. It's tempting to think that maybe he's going to take over that role. He's an older running back. He's been ineffective for years. He did have one fairly good game though. Don't get hyped on that at all. Remember that uh, Robinson did have five yards per carry. So Robinson was more effective. Say what you want, but James Robinson was the back. I can't wrap my mind around why they didn't use him. There's I just there's one of those things where there's something the coaches know that we don't, and that's it. As far as the wide receivers go, uh, who do you play there? Marvin Jones, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chanel. None of those guys were particularly exciting. Chark had three catches for 86 yards and a touchdown, but he had 12 targets. Like, what do you say about that? He had loaded garbage time stats and a fantastic matchup, and he only caught 25% of the targets. I don't feel comfortable playing him. For me, he he kind of fits in that wide receiver four role. And to be quite honest, all of them do. LaVisca Chenault saw seven catches for 50 yards, but he didn't find the end zone. He didn't even look close to finding the end zone. And, And then Marvin Jones, five catches, 77 yards in the TD. Of all the wide receivers, for me, Marvin Jones is the guy I would play. For me, he comes in as a wide receiver three. As far as their tight ends, their kicker, and their defense go, I'm going to sit all of them. Chris Manhurt and James O'Shaughnessy, the Jaguars' tight ends, they split roles last week. Hurts had a touchdown, but it, uh, or Manhurts had a touchdown, but it didn't look like it was intended. It, it was a nice play, but they're not using him as really a tight end one. Josh Lambeau had just three points last week. I, I wouldn't be playing him either. And how about the Jaguars' defense? Negative three fantasy points. Um, 
I don't need to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. If your defense scored you negative fantasy points last week, find a new defense and don't start them. Um, pretty straightforward, I guess, a little anti-Jaguars talk there, I guess. I just it was I was not impressed with them coming out of week one, and this is going to be a much tougher matchup. So for me, I'm going to be sitting a lot of those guys. All right. Once again, it feels really good to be back and have football back after taking off that one year. Uh, it's been fun. I've enjoyed this. I hope you guys have enjoyed it too. Uh, love to hear you guys like, subscribe, share the videos. Please leave a comment if you have any questions. Love to continue to connect with you guys and building this league out again. And uh, what more is there to say other than once again, we, uh, we look forward to football. We look forward to hearing from you guys. God bless.